and get Joaquin's up. And he's like, okay, okay, okay. Joaquin's like being threatened with having to stand. And he's yeah. like, no! <laughs> no! I don't want to! No, please. Hello and welcome to our Riverdale podcast brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 23-year-old actor and filmmaker. I like brooding anti-heroes and feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. I run at the 100 script on Twitter. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. The thing that I would paint at the Sisters of Quiet Mercy mm-hmm. would be, like, a real, like, chill sunset, probably. The easiest Are you thing- Bob Rossett? Yeah, the easiest yeah. thing to, like, not super mess up, you know? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just, like, something chill. Yeah. If they're like, you have to paint, I'd be like, uh... I'm not very good at it. Can I read a book instead? And they'll be like, no. You should be able to do, like, if you can't paint, I feel like they should teach you, like, fluid art. Yeah. Which is, like, when people, like, they put the paint in a cup, and then you put yeah. the cup on the campus, and it just kind of goes and yeah. creates, like, marble and stuff. Yeah. I feel like that's painting everyone can do. I think so, too. Yeah. And my name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 29-year-old journalist from beautiful post-apocalyptic Vancouver, BC. I like badass moms and long naps. I'm on Twitter at Britannia, where I can be found attempting journalism and talking about my cat. And the thing I would paint at the Sisters of Quiet Mercy would be um, geodes. Yeah. Yeah. That's your life. Yeah. Or yeah. portraits of celebrities. Mm. Yeah. <gasps> Dinosaurs. Mm. Yeah. I have a lot of thoughts, but I would want to explore geometric. That's my thing right now is like trying to draw and explore geometric shapes. Yeah. Anyway. Today we have word to say about episode 306 of Riverdale, Manhunter. Manhunter is a 1986 American crime horror film based on the novel Red Dragon by Thomas Harris. The film focuses on... Oh, wait. You know about this because it's about Hannibal Lecter. Mm, Indeed. Why don't you just talk about it then? So, like, basically, um, Will Graham has been, like, Hannibal Lecter's obsession his whole life. And he gets this case that is, like, just boggling to him. And so he's like, okay... Well, actually, his agency does. And they ask him to come out of retirement and be like, we need you to solve this, like, first thing. And he's like, crap, you know what I need? A cannibal. (laughs) So it's basically, like, their final journey together. Um, And it's in no way how the TV show went. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, he has to work with Hannibal. And Hannibal's, like, the person who, like, basically burned Will out at an early age. And that's why he retired in the first place. Mm. Really doesn't have a lot to do with this episode. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Um, toot or boot? Boot. Really? Hey, toot the first, uh, half hour, boot the last 15 minutes into hell. Oh. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm gonna give it a solid newt then. Okay. Okay. Great. Yeah. I guess we have to talk about Archie now. <laughs> but what if we didn't? Um, then people would be disappointed. Okay, well. Actually, his plotline didn't injure, like, injure me this much. Why injure? did I say injure? <laughs> injure me that's i think you were trying to say interest that you know it it actually intrigued me like i liked him in this episode Hmm. um because he had a lot of compassion yeah and he was like i'm trying to leave this show please let me leave yeah like like, yes go you'd be like yeah we're we're better off without you (laughs) okay so the first thing we get in that storyline is veronica and archie just being like gross in the bunker once again this is dilton's bunker and bughead like just did it in there so i'm a little uncomfortable and also these are 16 year old kids yeah there are a lot of candles. Like, a lot. Like, a, a lot dangerous amount. Yeah, like, that's a serious fire hazard. And also, like, there's very, it's very clear that the light that's on them is not coming from just the candles. Uh, yeah, there's some overhead lighting. Lo- they really wanted to establish the mood. Yeah, there's definitely, a, like, a, another light source that they're not explaining. But that's just how film goes. That's just how it be. 
Um, Archie wants to go to find the, uh, go to the mine so he can find those boys. Oh, boy. And Veronica's like, hi, everyone is looking for you. So that's, like, a really bad idea. And Archie's like, but the main thing people know about me is my hair. So if I put on a hat, no one will know! No one will know it's me. What a disguise. In this small town where everyone knows me. Where everybody knows your name. Veronica is going to go through his case files again. Mm-hmm. Um, and she finds something a little bit later that's just, like, incredibly obvious. Yeah, I'm like, Honestly, how bad were like was everyone at their jobs that they didn't catch this in the first place? I find it really, really hard to believe that Veronica found something that was so blatant. Like, such a blatant misstep on the person who was doctoring that footage. Like, Sierra's a better investigator that than that. Betty, Sierra, and Mary didn't find. Like, yeah. I just don't believe that. Mary was literally trying to get her son out of here. You don't think that she watched that entire tape? Like, yeah, I don't- over and over and over again? Dude, like, I- I'm sorry. The- the coffee, like, leaving the cup is, it's like- so obvious. Okay, it's really obvious. But another thing is, dude, the time changes. The time at the top of the cor- the- at, at the top corner- it changes. She's like, oh my god, there's 10 minutes missing. And I was like, oh, I wonder how she figured out that it was 10 minutes. It's because, oh, because it, literally, it literally says on it. It's like giant numbers. Like, a teenager I'm, with a laptop figured this one out. That was like just really unrealistic unreal- for me. Kind of disappointing. Like Betty prides herself on being like a teenage journalist and then misses that. If they're going to get Archie out of jail in six episodes, that's fine. But... I just feel like I expected it to be some not something that they would could li- they just like literally looked over for no reason, you know? Yep. Like it was just weird. Yep. But Archie's like, Veronica, don't tell my dad where I'm going because I don't want him like all mixed up in this. Because the reason why I took the deal is because I didn't want to hurt my family and hurt everybody. And she's like, everybody's doing this stuff because they love you. And he's like, I don't deserve love. And I'm like, yeah. you're right. Yeah, whatever. So Archie's with Kevin. Mm-hmm. And Love this team up. He's not eating his pops burger. There must be something. There must wrong. be something wrong. There must be something wrong. Yes, I also love this team up though. Yeah. I think it was this combo unexpected. of characters. I want more. Yeah, yeah. I love that for them. Um, Archie's wound is infected because Tony isn't a nurse. It's almost like having a teenager treat a stab wound was a bad idea. I don't know. No antibiotics and also no like cleaning agents. Just stick a band aid on it. It should be good. Yeah. Also, all of the, like, gross stuff in the pipe. Oh, my God. And even, like, the, the atmosphere itself, because it's all mildewy and gross. Yeah. So he's like, oh, my God, it's infected. And Archie's like, no way. How did that happen? Oh, my God. I'm so shocked. He's like, it's okay. We're going to go and we're going to trust Dr. Curdle Jr. Sure. Sure. Okay. I feel like it would have been easier to trust a vet. I'm still a little confused as to why we needed to have Dr. Curdle Jr. instead of Dr. Curdle. Like, I feel like this is a, a mystery only you and I are obsessed with. So they go to Dr. Curdle and he fixes Archie up and everything. He's like, I have some antibiotics if you'll pay me. And they're like, yeah, sure. Here you go. Small bills. Um, why does he have antibiotics if he only deals with dead people? What a great question. Probably. I mean. Convenience? Yeah. That's why I said it would be easier to go to a vet. Yeah. They have antibiotics? Mm-hmm. I mean, unless he got them illegally? I don't know. Also, I just wanted to say that I feel like actively calling someone Junior is, like, kind of rude. He purposefully asked for that. No, I know. He's like, please call me Dr. Curdle Jr. But I'm like, I don't know if it was me. Like, we never call FP, like, FP Jr. You know? Like, uh, I just feel like if I was a Junior, I'd be like, do I need to be reminded that I'm not original? Yeah, that's true. You know? Like, it's just, like, weird to me that they keep saying, yes, Dr. Curdle Jr., 
And it's like, like, that's a lot of words. Do you think his medical certificate says Dr. Curdle Jr. on it? Like, do you think he graduated and it, like, literally he was like, I wanted, like, my diploma to say Dr. Curdle Jr.? I would way rather, if I was a junior, I would way rather be Robin Jeffrey II than Robert, Robin Jeffrey Jr. Because Junior makes me yeah, feel like, like Forsyth, I'm a child. Yeah, like Forsyth, Pendleton, I can't say that word no matter Forsyth, how hard Pendleton I try. Pendleton Jones the second and then but the third sounds badass yeah right so being the second is boring yeah i don't like any of it yeah i don't i'm just but i feel like we're never gonna we're never gonna find out why dr curdle disappeared unless he randomly shows up dead in in uh sabrina also like later he's like oh it's from my dad's personal collection i'm like ew why does your dad have a personal collection oh i have thoughts about this okay great Archie's like, no, like, Kevin, I won't go back to the bunker, but, you know, I want to go to the mines, but I can't go by myself, so, like, will you come with me? And he's like, sure, but Veronica's gonna be really mad. <laughs> Let's she's do like, it anyway. And be like, yeah, she's gonna be mad, but, um, yeah, YOLO. So Veronica's watching the footage, and the boy's name is Donnie. Is he the boy who lived? Question mark? What? Like, the one that was alive? Oh, maybe. I think he was. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Anyway, his name's Donnie. You said boy who lived, and I was like, why is he Harry Potter? I said that on purpose. I thought it would be funny. Because then you got confused, and it was funny. It's not funny to confuse an idiot! (laughs) So then Hiram, like, catches her, but he, like, doesn't come in for any reason other than to catch her, so he just, like, came in to be weird, I guess. And, like, also, if you're just on your computer, it's more casual to just be like, okay. Okay. Like, just tilt it away slightly. Not just, like, slam it closed and then sit up like, hello! Hi, what? And also, all of the files are all over anyway. Mm-hmm. He's like, are those Archie's case files? And she's like, yeah, dad. Um, anyway, I hate you. And he's like, okay. And then he leaves. I just can't with Hiram. Hiram has a portrait of himself now. That takes a lot of vanity. I gotta say that it's really nice that he commissioned the same artist that did the mm-hmm. Veronica one to Support do his. original artists, yeah. you know? Especially ones who do such traditional, like, painting techniques. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was really nice. Um, but, like, wow. The reason why he said that he had the Veronica one before was, like, to keep himself, like... Accountable. Accountable and stuff. And I'm like, is that what your portrait's for? I'm watching you, Hiram. I I know Hiram. Do you think he had that, like, re... Like, made after he gave Veronica the thing? I think so. Or do you think he always had it and he pulled it out of storage? I personally think he had it made yeah okay i'm gonna gonna accept that as true okay and hiram makes manetta kill all those boys hey classy i'm so glad to be rid of manetta yeah i was getting really tired of him because like the actor does a fine job but the character itself is quite flat yeah he's like he's not very imposing he's not very menacing he doesn't have his own character he's just what hiram can't do yeah he has no gravitas to him like when he comes into a room not like (gasps) it's like when hiram comes into a room i'm like oh crap when manetta comes into a room i'm like oh god i like remember watching last episode with you and like when veronica like accidentally like ran straight into hiram basically like oh my god we both were like (gasps) yeah like the stakes were so high yeah also, um, like, Tom will probably get his job back now, right? You think? Like, that's that's another question I mean, they're I down a cop. Yeah, it was like, who's gonna be the sheriff now? That's I guess Tom. That's Tom's, like, main, like, character trait. <laughs> yeah, and he hasn't been a cop for a while, yeah. so. But he's been relaxing. I wonder how he's making money, though. Tattoo artist. Mm. Um, so Veronica calls Kevin, and she's like, hi, I'm pissed because Archie isn't in this dirty bunker that I told you to keep him in. And he's like, hi, pissed, I'm dad. <laughs> and... 
Okay, in this scene, like, while they're leaving the morgue, Archie and Kevin both do this, like, weird what shrug, right? Like, it just doesn't really- No, it made me laugh so much. It's It's just, like, two friends who are just, like, so, like, done with everything. They're just like, what? It didn't really, like, it just wasn't- I don't know. It didn't play to you? No, it was just weird as he was just like, okay, like, hi, okay, Veronica, here's Archie, right? And he, like, and Archie's like, what? What?" And then afterwards- He's like, let me look back at Kevin, and Kevin's like, what? Like, because that's what you do when someone's on the phone, and you know they're talking about you, but you have no way to know what they're talking about. Is like, I wouldn't do that. What? Oh my god, I do that all the time. I would just be, I would a- wait until they're done, and then ask them about it. Oh, Alright, no, I would literally just sit there and be like, what? And then, like, get progressively closer until I could hear it, and then start contributing to the conversation. Oh. Yeah. Two very different personality okay. types here. <laughs> but Archie's like, don't blame Kevin for this stuff, like, it's all my fault, and, you know... Anyway, it's all just me. And Veronica's like, okay, well, listen, I found some evidence that potentially could help you, but I need to find, like, the actual evidence. Like, I don't actually have anything, actually. (laughs) And he's like, oh, like, would would Hiram keep the footage? And she's like, no, it's probably at the mayor's office. Lucky that she... Good thing the mayor is her mom! Lucky that she um, not only found this obvious hint, but also guessed on the first try where the where the evidence would be. I'm sorry, are you looking for some kind of, like, logic to any of this? Mm. Because this happens about six times in this episode. Yeah. And um, Archie's just really gonna, like, throw Kevin's phone at him like that? Yo, what was that? That was really messed up. If someone did that to my phone, I would be like, you you can walk. Yeah, I'd be like, actually, I'm not going to go with you to Shadow Lake Mines. Frick you. And also, if that had dropped, you have to pay for a new phone. Yeah. Like, these things are friggin' expensive. You don't have any money. You're a criminal. Well, guess you're going to have to be a bigger criminal. Mm. To steal, steal a new phone for yep. me? Yeah. So they get to the mines, and they see that Mineta is there. Oh, boy. So, like, that's a for sure that we know. So, we don't 100% for sure know it, whether or not these are the Kinkle Mines. I don't think they are. But is it possible they're connected to the Kinkle Mines at some Oh, yeah. Point? that That's possible for sure. Okay. But if... We're talking about the mines from Sabrina. Sabrina yes. had a really important batch of mines uh, in the first season. And so... We kind of are trying to make sense of when the timelines fit together, mm-hmm. and right now it really only makes sense for it to be um, between season one and two, or between season two and three. Yeah. And either way, before this, like, in Sabrina, the mines collapsed. Yes. And so, either way, this is- the first season of Sabrina is before this in Riverdale. And because so the mines you'd would think be- someone in Riverdale would be like, oh, you have to be careful of the mines because the ones in Greendale collapsed. Yeah. Yeah, okay. That would be cool if they did. Yeah. I would love that. Just like a kind of like a side to be like, okay, this other universe exists too. Yeah. Um, so Veronica goes to the mayor's office and the password is her birthday, which I guess it always is, she says. Hermione has like a little post-it note on the bottom that says Gomez1234. Okay, here's what I love about this. Okay. Everyone I know over 40 does this, mm-hmm. where they're like, they need their like passcode to something, so they either put it on a post note and stick it right to the computer- or they put it in their notes of their phone. I just have a hard time believing that she would forget her maiden name and 1234. I mean, that's fair, but you'd think that my pop wouldn't forget the passwords he has, considering how simple they are, but he still does. Okay. Her desk is really nice. Yes. But her desktop on her computer is a freaking mess. Dude, that set off, like, every organizational, like, little tick in me. I was like, why would you not- 
clean it up? Why wouldn't you keep things, like, away from your desktop? What is this? I can't believe this. Hermione? Hermione? Name your folders, woman. Half of her folder said new folder. I want to die. And she, like, lets Hiram onto her computer? You don't let other people onto your computer, even if they're married to you. They have to have their own account. How would you even, like, how would you, how could you possibly miss this folder in the middle of the computer with a weird with a ass symbol on it. on it i'm just messed up by that and i feel like hermione i don't think she missed it. that person i don't think hermione is the person who who whose desktop is like that i just think that's gross i don't think she missed it either i yeah. think she knew something about this there's no way she didn't so veronica finds the video wow so lucky what if hermione is the Gargoyle, Gargoyle King. King. Well, that's actually interesting because um, last season they were all like, oh, like Arthur Adams, like who is his, his like the person who is. And it was Hermione. Yeah. And we were all like, oh my God, it's going to be Hiram. Ah, and then it turned out to be Hermione. And we were like, nice. Okay, cool. Yeah. So maybe. So she finds the video and she sends it to Monica Posh at. At nothing. Gmail. Like at what? Listen, it's the world of Riverdale. At- you know what they should have done is like come up with like a Gmail alternative mm. but yeah. i feel like even coming up with that now like it probably still exists like the hotmail alternative would mm. be something like like cold, cold mail, mail or something and then like that would probably exist already i just like gmail is like f mail i would be able to make sense of this if she had sent it to veronica lodge because her mom might have her as a contact so that would make sense but sending it to monica posh who her mom would not have a contact i just like at what the problem is the minute she did this she didn't delete the sent message Mm. so at some point like someone's gonna find out what she did yeah and like they already mostly know Mm -hmm. but like now they know that monica posh is also like an alter ego right that's That's a bigger problem yeah that's true so it takes a really long time but it eventually does send and they come in and they're like hey you're not allowed in here and she's like um yes i am i'm her daughter and they're like uh no your parents said which it seems that just hiram said if you come in here then we're supposed to take you to the sheriff's office or whatever um veronica is 100 percent wrong here she mm. said i have a right to be here no you don't no. because that's like local government property you yeah. have no right to be there in someone's private office mm-hmm. totally agree sorry um also her this is gloria Hermione had mentioned Gloria, yes. who was her assistant, uh, a little bit earlier, and mm-hmm. now we're seeing her. This is Gloria. Hi, Gloria. Hi. Cool. Next, Hiram goes to see Veronica, who is in jail, and just leaves her there, because who cares? What? Wait, are you saying that Hiram's a bad parent? Uh, yeah, I guess I could That's say that. a bold claim, mm-hmm. man! Mm-hmm. And so Veronica's like, does my mom even know what's on her computer? And Hiram says she doesn't have a computer anymore. It's already gone. What? He wiped it. He got rid of the computer. The whole computer? Yeah. Well, is he going to get her a new one? Probably. Now she won't know where all of her things are. How is she going to know where all her new folders are? I know. Mine? She'll be like, no, the folder that I need is the one in the left corner. Here's the thing. Has Hiram never heard of the cloud? Yeah. Like, literally all that Ronnie had to do was upload that file to the cloud mm-hmm. and she would have it forever. Yeah. It's called Logic. Look it up. <laughs> so she's like, hi. Also, dad, I haven't been given my phone call. Can I have my phone call? And she's like, where's Sheriff Manetta? He's like, oh, Manetta's busy being a bad person. And so he's like, but I'll try and get your phone call because I can do one thing for you. And so he walks away. And so she gets her phone call. I didn't think he would do it. No? No. I thought when she said, like, I want my phone call, he'd just leave her to sit there. Mm. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. I wonder if he did. And then, like, one of the other sheriffs were like, oh, you haven't gotten your phone call yet? Okay, well, here. No, I think Hiram is playing, like, 
after that happened, I was like, of course, like Hiram's playing the game. Mm-hmm. Like he's not going to make the game unfair in terms of like legality. Right. Like when it comes to like Ronnie, he's going to make, he's going to rig the game, mm-hmm. but I don't think he would overstep the invisible boundaries they have. Um, I think. Yeah. So she uses her phone call to, fr- to call Fred, which I think is nice. Um, and she tells Fred like about the mines and where he was going, even though Archie asked him not or asked her not to tell him. And she asks Fred to also call Sierra. I love that she, it was literally two birds, one stone. Mm. She was like, you know what? Buy it on iTunes. Yep. Yep. Buy two birds and one stone on iTunes. Thank you. Just remember two words that the two birds never said. Listen to the words that the two birds never said, which means you can't actually listen to the words because they never said the words. Mm. And Trixie Mattel is an artist and a poet. (laughs) What the hell? Oh, yeah. I love that she was just like, okay, so I'm going to call Fred, fill Fred in on the stitch, and then I'm going to call Sierra through Fred. We love a sneaky woman. Yeah, because I only get one phone call. If you're like, oh, no, I only have one phone call, but I have two people to call. Snicky, snicky. Done. Um, Are all of Fred's cupboards open? You know what? He's valid. <laughs> because like- all of our cupboards are open right now, too. <laughs> Not all of them. But some of them. Some of them. At any given time, I have left a cupboard open. I don't know why it happens. It's it very- just does. It's very annoying. Yeah. <laughs> Robin's like Robin's like trying to like take stock of like all the annoying roommate things I do. I think number one is always leaves the bathroom light on. Oh, always. I know. <laughs> I haven't been able to get up and turn it off yet. <laughs> Two, my cat's kind of stinky. Yeah. Three, leaves cupboards open. Mm-hmm. Four, just exists, mm-hmm. I think. Just exists in your general vicinity. Yeah. Did you need a longer list? Yeah. Um, she finishes the toilet paper, and then she doesn't change it. Uh, I did that last night, in the middle of the night at four in the morning. Okay, well, here's the thing. You're always supposed to do it, (laughs) not just in the middle of the night. (laughs) So, don't know what you're, what point you're trying to make right now. (laughs) No point. I thought it was interesting in this moment that, I mean, like, you know, Fred calls Tom, and that happens in your storyline later, Mm -hmm. but, um... Archie and Kevin are going on, like, this adventure, and, like, if this was- if Tom and Fred were going on an adventure back in- in olden times, okay, then it would also be Archie and Kevin. <gasps> oh, I didn't even think about that! Like Archie's- Archie's dad and Kevin's dad. I like it. They're like, and it, it just makes the most sense, so no like, Sherlock. because our parents. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but FP is busy in a different storyline, so- yeah, I was like, oh my god, hot dad brigade, but no, only two. Yeah. Mm. Still hot dads. Just not as many. One. Yeah, missing one hot dad. Not you, Hiram. Yeah. No, not you, Hiram. We're not talking about Marco you. Marco Tuelos is an attractive man, but he's not part of the hot dad squad. Right. And so, in the cave, mines, there's, like, the Gargoyle King runes. And it looks like there's only really, like, the one over and over and over again, and then like, maybe a couple. Yeah. Wait. But that that's G. Did he just kind of, like, just get obsessed and he was like, I don't know my other letters yet? G. Listen, sometimes you'll hear people who, like, do gaming and stuff say GG, which means good game. Oh. I don't know if this is what they meant at all. I don't think so. I don't think so either, but, like, there you go. That's something that you- Yeah, yeah. It's a stretch that I will allow. Okay. Okay. Who wrote them, question mark? What a great question. Yeah, I don't really- we don't know anything about the dudes, so we don't know if they're playing. Yeah, I was just gonna say, like, like, were they playing too? Yeah, who's- Who's Who's to to say? say? Who's to say? So they find the boys and they're like kind of dead. Except for one who's alive. Who is Donnie? Question mark? He has to be because he was the only one who was like named. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And then they have to go to 
the hospital. So they're going to take him to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Um, when a, I'm just watching a BuzzFeed video about this, but there was this girl who was a police officer who mm-hmm. was talking on BuzzFeed mm-hmm. and saying that if somebody gets shot because, you know, they're a criminal, the first thing that the police will do is look to see if anybody came in with gunshot wounds. Yes. So, like, if they're looking for Archie and they know that the Ar- Archie went into the mines, like the police, I mean, mm-hmm. then they could be like, "Did it, has anyone come in with gunshot wounds? Yes, then Archie's probably at the po- hospital. Oh, yeah, but that's assuming the cops are that smart. That's right. It's just and Mineta. I feel like, like and yeah, Mineta's like I killed all of them. Who cares? Yeah, you know? Mineta's not that bright. Mineta doesn't know that one of them survived. Yeah, cool. But that is a very good point. Thanks. So Fred and Tom get to the mines, and they're like, "Well, maybe Archie and Kevin like didn't make it here. Maybe they just like you know didn't come." So like, wh- what do they think that they're doing? In yeah, the I, know. <laughs> I don't know. Tom calls in an eight one eight seven, which means a murder. Mm-hmm multiple there's actually two two dudes um and so the hospital is like oh yes a dude with a gunshot wound came in and so they're like oh my gosh and they think that it's kevin or archie that got shot lucky that they're wrong hey if someone comes in with a gunshot wound does that does the hospital have to like automatically call the police i feel like yes right? and if they don't then like Maybe they should. Yeah. You know? Unless I guess it's like accidentally self-inflicted with your own registered gun. I don't in know how case, it works in America. Gun. Yeah. You know? If you shoot yourself, maybe you shouldn't have one. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. know. So they're like, let's go to the hospital. Woo! Let's all converge in the hospital. Yay. Um, so Archie is being not suspicious by sitting in the corner with his hat down. This hospital is empty. Like, listen, I get why he thinks, like, oh, no one was going to come talk to me. Because, like, if I saw somebody in a hospital like that, I'd be like, oh, oh I'd be they're... like, oh, they're going through something. Yeah, I'm like, something happened and I feel really bad for them. They're clearly going through mourning. We're not going to talk to them. Right? Mm-hmm. So, like, I get what he what he was going for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, wor- it works. Yeah. yeah. Hiding in plain sight, for yes. sure. Kevin comes over and says, like, unfortunately, like, the dude died. We just got to him too late and his injuries were too bad. They're good boys. They're good boys. I have a question. Did Archie always have that scar above his eyebrows? Above his eyebrow? I didn't notice it until this episode. Do you think it came from the fight? That's my guess. Um, honestly, it looks like a prosthetic, so I don't... It, yeah, it does. I uh, mean, it's a really good prosthetic. Like, yeah. the makeup department's obviously incredibly talented, but, yeah. like, it it is noticeable. Yeah. You can't skip over it. But, um, yeah, you can really see it every time KJ raises his eyebrows. Yeah. I just, like, wondering if I just, like, missed a huge cut there. Because I feel like they're, they wouldn't apply a scar every single day, like the makeup <gasps> department wouldn't, if it wasn't, like, important. Or if it wasn't a very clear scar. Like, maybe I just don't don't remember him getting a cut there. I kind of want to Google. It looks like a prosthetic and it's not, you mean? Oh, yeah. No, he's always had it. Oh, and we just never noticed? Yep. Oh, that's weird. Lol, oops. Wait, hang on, hang on. Oh, no, there's a scar between his eyebrows. Yeah, I know that one. Which apparently came from a trampoline. Okay. That's good to know. Yeah, that is really funny. But the one above his eyebrow, there isn't any information. So it must be... I think it's a prosthetic. I think it's a prosthetic. Because, like, you look at this. Someone referred to KJ Appa's Kiwi Bay. <laughs> the most 2017 sentence I've ever heard. Remember when, I, it, like, all anyone said was bay? Like, there's no... No. There's nothing there. No. So, yeah. It must be an Archie thing. Like, here's my... Here's the thing. Is that in the very beginnings of Lost, my favorite show. Whoa. I know. You like Lost? Yeah. I like Lost. Not as much as you. you made this joke? Sorry. Every time. In case anybody didn't know, I like a show called Lost. 
And at the very beginning of it, Terry O'Quinn's character, John Locke, gets like this, all I can really call is a scar-esque scar. Like, you know, scar from the Lion King, he gets a scar right down his eye. You know what I mean? Yeah, he has a slash. John Locke has this bright red scar right down his eye. And they, they do that so he looks, like, kind of sinister. And throughout the rest of the series, he has a scar there. Yeah. So he looks sinister, and they do that every single episode so that, you know, because that's because they want to make him look sinister. And so I'm just wondering what the point of giving Archie a scar there is. Yeah, that's definitely not a natural thing. No. He must have got it in one of the fights, and we just didn't notice. Yeah. So, yeah. Thanks. That's it. Archie is saying, like, those dudes didn't deserve to die, even though they sucked. Um, they died because of me. Like, it was kind of my fault. Hiram is going to destroy my life no matter where, like, no matter what he does, no matter what I do. Um, so I don't think I can go back to Riverdale. I just have to leave so that I can, like, live a regular life. And it's like, well, you could go to Greendale. Your life wouldn't be regular, but it's an option. Go to, like, some other town and then, like, here's the thing. is Well, he could try. Like, I get why he's not. But, like, Veronica could be like, yes, every few, like, months I go and visit Archie in Kentucky. I don't know. New York. Yeah. Like, the city. Wasn't that Archie, one of Archie's dreams? He doesn't have the scar here. I don't know how that happened then. I'm confused. We're talking about the episode before, by the way, you guys. We're looking at him at the end of last episode, and it doesn't look like he has the scar there. Do you want to look at um, when he's in the bunker at the beginning of this this episode? I already did. Oh, you did? And he did have it? He had a cool press on his head, but it was... Oh. They were putting a pillowcase on the pillow. Why were they doing that? For Archie. They were doing it together? Yeah. Sweepy and Fangs were putting on Well, pillows. you know, it takes two sometimes to do a simple task. That's their lives. Yeah. That's literally their lives. Sweep, like, when Fangs was gonna die, Sweepy was like, Oh no, I can't do things by myself! There's, like, no cut on his head. Mm. This is so weird. Anyway, we have questions about this scar. We just don't know where it came from. Thanks. But, like, I feel like if he was- if he went to New York and Veronica kept- Oh, going he, there. Oh, wait. he has it here. <gasps> he does? Look, he's going to scrunch up his eyes. Wait for it. Oh, he there does it too. That's so weird that it, it really you, seems, Now you can really see it. Yeah, it really seems to be really inconsistent, which is weird because scars are always on your body. That's the point that there's of them being scars. Whoa. I know. That was a deep thought from Robin Jeffrey. Yeah. I was just thinking that like if our, Archie did want Veronica to, like, come visit him and stuff, Hiram would, like, eventually have her, like, followed and stuff. So So I get why he's doing what he's doing. Yeah. We're still taking a look at some old... Okay, so he... It's not there. It's not there. What what episode's that? Episode two. Episode two, he does not have the scar. And it's very clearly... Which one is a fight club? I think it's three. Yep, it's there. It is there in three? Yep. But it's uh, significantly higher on his head. Hmm. God bless. Okay, anyway, this scar is inconsistent. We've solved we've solved the scar problem, and it's that it came from a fight. Okay, great. So Sierra shows up to the little jail place, and she frees Veronica by posting her bail. Mm-hmm. She talks about how Josie is resting now, so we'll talk about Josie in a sec. And she's like, hey, um, do I have enough evidence? And she's like, heck yeah. And it's like the personification of when Hamilton goes, let's go. You know let's what I go. mean? Let's go. So anyway, yeah, they're like, heck yeah, let's do it. So Tom and Fred arrive to the hospital and they find Kevin, but Archie has already gone. Yes. And he left a note for Fred. 
Um, we don't know what the note says. I would very much like to know. Yeah. I sure would like to. I sure would like to. I sure would like to. But the Kellers have like a cute moment in the background and I love them. I Thanks. love them so much. Veronica comes home and it turns out that Hermione fully didn't know that she was in jail. I mean, that's not surprising considering Hiram doesn't tell his wife anything. Yeah. Um, and so she's like, haha, Manetta's going to jail. And I'm like, say hi to Hal Cooper. Um, <laughs> so he's going... To jail. Slowly, all the garbage men of Riverdale are either going in the ground or in jail. Yeah. Um, You're next, Hiram. Who's going to be the sheriff now, question mark? Is it going to be another, like, garbage person or is it going to be Tom Keller? I hope it's Tom Keller. We shall see. And she's like, yeah, so he's going to jail and you guys can go too. I don't even care. I'm like, ouch, okay. Your mom didn't have anything to do with this, but go off, I guess. Well, I guess she kind of, it was on her computer, but apparently her computer is so messy that she just doesn't know. I would definitely notice if a random file showed up on my computer. Absolutely. Like, I keep track of these things. Even if my desktop was a heckin' mess, I'd still be like, that one is fully in the middle and has a giant thing on it that none of the other ones Yeah, it has a rune from that game that kind of ruined our lives. I definitely have to... Pay attention to this. Yeah. So Veronica has decorated the speakeasy for a welcome back Archie party. Ugh, flame party. I would not go. Bad news because <laughs> Archie's not coming back. She'll be like, um, hello. She's like, hi, Archie. He's like, yeah, I'm not coming back. She's like, um, I bought a banner, you jerk. Yeah. Like I had it custom made. Yeah. It says welcome back Archie. And he's like, she's like, oh my God, he's going alone. And Kevin's like, oh no, he's not alone because he's with, and it gets cut off, but it turns out to be Jughead. Juggy. Um, which I think is lovely, and... Finally, after three seasons, we'll see what Archie and Jughead are like as friends. All alone. Wow. That's me just slapping my hands on my legs because I'm so frustrated. So he calls, and he's like, hey, Veronica, and she's like, hey, (laughs) sup? This is a great conversation I have great news. Um, you're exonerated. And he's like, cool, too bad I'm not coming back. And she's like, ah, I have to say goodbye. And he's like, ah, I have to say goodbye. And they're both sad. And he has really bad hat hair. Camila knocked this scene out of the park, totally. just for the record. Um, Kevin's awkward in the background. Mm. It's pretty clear that, like, this is probably one of the last times, if not the last time, that they'll ever talk to each other. And she doesn't even say goodbye. She just kind of goes, ah, ha, ha, and then drops the phone. But she says that she can't say goodbye, because then she has to hear it back. I know, but then I'd be like, hello, but I'd still want to be like, okay, well... Like, call, find, call me again. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, I, I'd still have a few more things to say, yeah, personally. Yeah, keep, keep in touch. I don't know. <laughs> and Get a like, phone, learn to text. He's, like, on the phone, and he's like, well, it's clear this conversation is over. I guess I'll just hang up. Like, oh, yeah, you kind of, like, just have to listen to her cry, and you're like, okay. Okay. <laughs> like, did he not? Like, I feel like he had a whole list of things to say, and maybe he didn't get through them all, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I'm just not sure for him. And so Jughead's like, hey, like, I packed you this bag. It has, like, all the essentials. Got some yums in there. Like, <laughs> he's such a dad. He's like, I oh, put my some face. juice boxes, some granola bars. I was <laughs> like, okay, are you sending him off to camp? Yeah, so they have a little chat about Joaquin and, like, the rune and stuff. And they're like, oh, my God, like, Hiram's got to be a part of it and stuff. And so they're going to hop a train. And, yeah, this is just the Jughead and Archie that I've been waiting for. So I'm just really pleased. It's been 84 years about this. It's finally Jughead and Archie uh, time. And they play a song called Ballad of the Paladin, which is, like, a perfect song choice. Because it, like, says something like Paladin far away from home or something. And I'm like, nice, 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 Yeah. So that's good stuff. Brittany, do you want to talk about our Patreon? We have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash theaficionados. Patreon is a service where you can donate to your favorite creators. And if we're one of those, that's dope um it's our donations start at like a dollar a month so if you have a spare dollar we would really appreciate it because um running five podcasts now is getting very expensive five yeah 
Yeah, it's yeah. a lot. It's um, it's a, it is a lot. Mm-hmm. That's a great summation of that. It's a lot. Yeah. Uh, every year for our anniversary, we send out postcards to all of our patrons, and uh, we've sent a few out to some people who just do uh, one-time donations for us and everything, too. Um, we have a couple extra ones, so if you become a patron uh, before December 10th, or do a one-time donation, which you can DM me about, then we will send you a postcard. Yeah. Yeah. To so, say thank you. To say thank you. Yeah. So that'd be great. Thanks. Thank you. Um, Patreon.com slash the Affectionados. It's super easy to find. You just have to search the Affectionados Patreon if you don't remember what it is. Yeah. It's time to talk about Bughead. (sighs) I told you when we were watching that, I was like, I prefer Bughead to Varchi just because Mm -hmm. Bughead don't spend every other waking minute like having underage sex. I'm so glad they don't because um, I don't need it rubbed in my face. No, that Jughead's not East. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so, Bughead. So, Betty tenderly wipes Archie's fever sweat away and doesn't feel the need to wonder why he looks like death. (laughs) Like, he's literally, like, sweating all over the place, and she's like, what are we gonna do, Archie? And I'm like, you take him to a hospital, Betty. She's like, oh man, there sure are a lot of candles in here, huh? I guess it's hot. Yeah, I guess it's warm in here, huh? Yeah. So she looks over at Jughead's conspiracy board. There's a couple notable things on here. Mm -hmm. Nothing that's actually, like, helpful or concrete. Mm Mm-hmm. There's a note saying, what is the kingdom, with a guess of Fox Forest underneath, which I think is an incorrect guess. Jughead. Um, a card that says Andres? Andres? Andres. A-N-D-R-A-S? Yes. It's one of the player cards. Sandra's? Sandra. Sandra backwards, question mark? Nope, that's Sardrina. Okay. Okay. And a note that says, why didn't he scream with muted written under a magnet? Muted? Oh. So, I think the why didn't he scream was probably about... Was wh- about Ben. I remember that from last time. Or Featherhead. No, it was about Ben. It was about it was Ben. Right after Ben died that they put that Well, over. there's something underneath that says, like, muted or something. That's weird. Okay. Um. So, Jughead walks in and says he saw the Gargoyle King. Yeah. He followed him into a clearing that had a bunch of Gargoyle stands and masks. Mm-hmm. Betty immediately is like, we have to go after them. And I'm like, there's two of you and 11 of them. Honestly, the fact that there's, like, now, like, a gang of just, like, people around him makes him less scary to me. Yeah, if he was just one being, I'd be like, oh my god. But yeah. now he has, like, a club. Yeah, and that's, like, it just it's makes not him look, scary. like, kind of dumb. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's not as scary. Like, you know, if he's, like, this creepy, you know, like, the Entity. Yeti or, like, yeah. you know, the Sasquatch type of person who's just, like, in the woods and, like, you only see him once in a blue moon and, like, he's just, like, really creepy and he could attack you if you want, like, a Mothman. Are the Yeti and the Sasquatch the same thing? I think- Because there's, like, Bigfoot. Yeah, there's pre- they're pretty interchangeable, but I think the Yeti is supposed to be, like, up north farther and then, like, yeah, I think they are- there are, like, s- you can usually use them interchangeably, but there are some um, different variables okay. about them, I think. But, but you know, it's like that where it's, like, he's all alone and, like, A mythical knows, creature. Yeah, who knows, like, how much he, like, knows about society. Like, yeah. is, he, is he scared? What's his thing? You know, like, like... Is he the Jersey Devil? It just seems like before there was so much more mystery surrounding him, and now it's just like, okay, so he's just a person? He's just a person with, like, a really weird fan club? Yeah. Like, that's most people at this point yeah so anyway i guess i just wanted to say that i'm less scared of the gargoyle king now yeah so betty wants to know who these people are and then archie just really coincidentally and helpfully wakes up to say that joaquin told kevin about a new game before he went into the woods yeah 
and that they know the warden was playing the game, and that's another strike against him as the king. Mm-hmm. So, like, thank God that Archie woke up to give them that one piece of plot-relevant so information helpful. that they needed. Betty gets home, and she's wearing her jacket, Ooh. which is always nice. Uh, Alice just, like, has stopped <laughs> stopping her from wearing that. Yeah, well, yeah, she's yeah. Like, eh. Alice gave up. Alice wants to know where she's been, mm-hmm. and she asks Betty if she played a part in Archie breaking out, and actually, like, Betty very convincingly is like, no... Oh, I didn't think it was convincing at all. Oh, I thought she was like, I thought she seemed exasperated enough that it like, Alice just let it go. I really think that if Archie was actually missing and Betty didn't know, she'd be coming home and she'd be like, Mom, we have to find Archie. He's missing. Oh my God. You know? Ooh, that's a good point. You know what I mean? So her coming home and be like, no, I don't know. I like just heard about it. It's like weird. You're like, oh, it's so random. He's like her best friend since like elementary school. Should she not be worried about where he is? You're so right. Yeah. So um, Alice decides to tell the whole truth because that's her new thing for like this one scene. Mm. And she tells Betty that the warden killed himself and that he was found with blue lips. Which, and the person, and the people who are reporting on it is called RIVW, which I guess is just the news channel. Yeah, uh, yeah it, RIVW is just like, is okay. that like the prison news network? Prison news network? Yeah. Like, what is this? Anyway, Betty wants to know if Alice knew Warden Norton because like, you know, maybe he, he I mean, he was obviously playing the game. Yeah. Alice doesn't exactly say no, though. Yeah. She kind of dodges the question. I, I was wondering about that, if she actually did or not. Cause no. Because, like, cause like it, if he was, like, a teacher, she knew, like, about him, maybe, but yeah. he wasn't in ROTC, you know? So, yeah. Like, she says, the thing she does lie about is that she says she told Betty everything she knows. Mm. Which, that's just not true. Yeah. That would take so much time. Everything she remembered in that moment. Yeah. <laughs> Manetta shows up to Riverdale High and asked, and asks, like, who helped Archie. Yes, do do you have the list of all the people in it, or is that my favorite thing to do? No, you go ahead and tell us everyone who's in the classroom. I love doing that. It's one of my favorite things about large group scenes. Mm -hmm. Um, So the adults in the room are Manetta, Weatherby, and Hermione. Mm -hmm. As for classmates, we've got Cheryl, Veronica, Betty, Jughead, Kevin, Josie, Reggie, Fangs, Evelyn, and Sweet Pea. So, like, that is a stacked class. Stacked class. Can you imagine, like, going to, like be an extra that day and you're like holy crap the entire cast is here yeah i'm like cool i guess i'll just sit here yep <laughs> he's like hey have you seen kj and they're like well bad news kj's in prison he's, he's he's just not here right now yeah he's just not gonna be here but like it's just interesting to me that like i don't know it just seems like what class like all of their classes are different and then but like it seems like a lot of them are there and it's like because there's it's a small town then maybe you know everybody's in the same classes but it's not a small town because it had two high schools schools. and and so there should be like the same uh, like there should be double the amount of students now and so it's like is it realistic that they're in the same classes all the time the answer is no but i'm gonna have to look past it yeah i'm fine with it so Reggie implies that he was watching porn at the time of the breakout, so he couldn't possibly have done it. Yeah. And I'm torn between thinking that's genius, because, like, only someone who's very confident in themselves would, like, answer that, and yeah. thinking that's way too, like, loud an answer for yeah. it to not be investigated. He's like, I'm just gonna say something really uncomfortable so that you won't want to go around. Yeah. Like, here's the thing, is it's just, like, it could be genius in the way that he's just like, oh, I'm talking about sex things. And yeah. And is like, well, you're a minor, so I guess I can't have anything to do with that i don't want to even talk about it really yeah it's genius on a couple levels yeah evelyn says she was hosting a farmy group hangout Farmies. and they're accepting new members Farmies. i want evelyn to go away <laughs> Farmies. the minute she said farmy i was like bye it's called ever neverland yeah farmy group they're looking for new recruits it's for uh young teens and i'm like cool your cult needs new members <laughs> bye bye Jughead looks at Evelyn exactly how I would look at her, mm-hmm. like, with the contempt of a man 
who doesn't like her, but he has other things on his mind. Yeah. Yeah. And then Minetta asks Josie, and she lies really badly. I thought Josie could lie better than this. Dude, I have to be honest, though. Like, all of the reasons why Josie was scared, like, your whole career is going down the drain. Everything that you've worked for is going bad because you did something illegal and you could blah, 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 blah. These are all of the great reasons why I would not have helped. Yeah. I would not have had anything to do with this. Especially with, like, a a cop in front of you threatening you. The fact that she didn't think about what the consequences would be is, like, ridiculous to me. Yeah. Um, so she actually gets, like, so overwhelmed that she has a seizure- and Cheryl yells at Minetta to stop because Cheryl's an angel. Yeah. And then Betty kind of looks at Evelyn like, so this is the third one you've been present for, huh? Mm-hmm. And like, imagine being Evelyn and like, what if she's actually really innocent? Mm-hmm. And she's just like, why do people keep, people keep having seizures around me? <laughs> but here's the thing. You know who else has been there for every seizure? Friggin' Betty. Betty. Yep. I don't know. But can I make a complaint, please? Sure. I didn't really like the fact that Sweet Pea and Josie ha- had like a thing together, but I thought it would be great because it would give Sweet Pea more things to do. You know what I mean? And so they did that in the very first episode. Yep. And they have not brought it up since. <laughs> they were like, oh, okay, we just, uh. So Sweet Pea sits right behind her in class, which could be like a cute thing. And the fact that she starts having a literal seizure and could die and he just goes, oh. <gasps> Oh my god! Yeah, he just sits there and he's like, oh, wow, that's, like, so that's unfortunate. crazy. And, like, of course, no fault to Jordan because he's an angel. But, like, could this not have been a really great opportunity for them to bring that back or continue that narrative? Probably. I think it would have been. Um, so that's my complaint. Thanks. You good? Yeah. Okay. I agree with you. Thanks. Betty and Jug look for connections between the seizures, but there isn't one yet. And also their theory about Warden Norton being the Gargoyle King is super dead because he's super dead. Yeah. But then, again, another so helpful plot co- like coincidence. She conveniently finds a picture of Warden Norton in an old yearbook because yeah. he was the RROTC instructor at Riverdale High at the same time the Midnight Club was in practice. Right. So, like, was he playing a game with Featherhead? Like, or did the yeah. teachers have their own game? You did know? they have their own game or did they all just get caught up in the game? Hmm. We don't know yet. His name was Major Norton, so we know that Major Mason's name isn't actually Major. <laughs> I just call him Major Moose. Mr. Moose, you called him. Mr. Moose? That's, That's what you better. used to call him. Betty needs the truth from their parents, and Jughead needs to go find Joaquin, so they're gonna, like, split up and, like, go do different plot lines. Mm-hmm. But they're gonna come back together. Yeah. Um, at the tent- Like, I guess they're calling, like, the whole serpent den tent, tent city. city? Okay. Um, Medetta has the cops trashing everything looking for Archie. And Jughead's like, um, well, we're gonna do a manhunt, too. You're not the only person who can do manhunts. We can do manhunts. Sometimes a manhunt can be three serpents who are underage- and can barely drive. <laughs> so Jug tells Sweet Pea and Fangs that the warden called Archie the Red Paladin and that he poisoned himself with cyanide and blueberry fresh aid. Whoa! No way. Was he playing G&G with someone or for someone? Wow. They need Joaquin, but he might be rolling with that gargoyle gang and the gang could take him straight to the king. I wish they had a different name for the it. The gargoyle gang? The gargoyle Yeah, but that's a gang. G&G as well. Gargoyle gang? Like, Triple G. Gargoyle gang. Like, the serpents. The ghoulies. The gargoyle gang. Gargoyles, gangs, and uh, games? Gargoyle games for gangs. Good. Good. <laughs> Good. Bad. So, Betty kind of attaches herself to the other uh, 
Kevin plotline for a second, and she's yeah. like, Betty tells Kevin to bring small bills to her secret doctor. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Whatever. I guess they're harder, they're easier to cash. So what? Yeah, she- it's like not as um. Suspicious. Suspicious. So the most important part of this episode is that all of Parent Dale is in the same place. This is the dream. Yeah. So she lured them there with invitations from the Gargoyle King. I have thoughts about this in a second. What? Um, I don't know if there was a guest book and there were like eight names down. Stop. Did they sign the guest book? Did they sign the guest book? Or was that there from before? Because I kind of wish that they signed the guest I hope book. they signed the guest I think book. that's really funny. Thanks. That's it. So Betty says one of them is a murderer and she wants answers because she wants to know who the murderer is. She's like, hey, I'm going to walk into this room with a murderer. And I'm going to accuse one of you of being it. <laughs> and the other seven better back me up because otherwise we're all going to die. I'm making it very clear that I am suspicious of you. So I'm definitely not- a target! Perhaps I am definitely not your next victim. So Hermione is upset that Alice told Betty about the Midnight Club. And Betty says that Alice, like, actually, it was a genius to do that because now she's not playing the game. And Alice is like, which is why I told her. And I'm like, remember, Hermione, when I told you how to do something and you didn't do it? Mm. Because you can't hear me because you're a TV character? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I turned out to be right. Yeah. Um, The others should care about protecting their kids, too. And Sierra says Josie had a seizure and she should be with her. And I'm like, but girl, you showed up. Yeah. Like, you chose the Gargoyle King and whatever happened over your daughter. So, yeah. like, that's kind of on you. Did you mention that, um, what the envelope said? No. It said Squire Pendleton on FPs. Like, it was... Oh, I couldn't read it. Oh, it said Squire Pendleton. Like, I think it's ridiculous that <laughs> Betty was like, Alice even told me the weird titles you gave each other, so I put that on there, too. Well, they knew the weird titles because they wrote them on the board. On Jughead's conspiracy board. Oh, okay. Well, then, yeah. Like, but Alice told her all of her their weird titles. She's like, they're like, that's embarrassing! No one was supposed to know that! So, like, just the, like, the way that they called Dr. Curdle, Dr. Curdle Jr., um, and I think that's kind of weird. They continue to call Sierra Attorney McCoy. And it made sense when it said Mayor McCoy because we're being like, yes, Mayor that's McCoy. That's her title. But no one calls Mary Attorney Andrews. No one calls anyone. Like, if you meet a lawyer, you don't go attorney this. You just Sh- go Mr. Sheriff Miss. Keller. They. Whatever. Sheriff Keller makes sense. Because now they just sheriff. call him Mr. Keller. Because that's a job title. Yeah, exactly. But no one ever called. I just think it it's makes weird. me feel weird every time. Thank you for coming, Attorney McCoy. She's like, well, actually, we've known each other for a really long time, and you're friends with my daughter, so feel free to call me Sierra. Or Mrs. McCoy. Or Miss McCoy. I don't know. Soon to be Ms. Keller. There Ooh. you go. So Betty says everyone's kids are all playing the game, including Reggie, no matter how many black eyes he gets from his dad. Oh. Queen of exposing abusers and then doing nothing about it. Mm-hmm. Fred is the only one with a brain and says that all of it was bound to get out. So it's time for them to tell the truth. And I'm like, when is Fred going to get a bigger role? Because I love him. I love him so much. Um, I loved, and I don't know if they, because here's the thing. The first time we watched it, when they had mentioned marty mantle having uh, abused his son mm-hmm. i thought that it like turned immediately to fp in which fp had this moment where he was like oh no because fp was abused yeah right? and it turns out it's like right after fred's thing but i'm still going to choose to connect them yeah because i think it was smart and also because it's so right to call out someone who like it's like i don't hit my son and you're like really because i think you do mm-hmm. okay so betty wants to know about norton when he was an instructor mm-hmm did Tom play the game with him? Because Tom, like, obviously 
served under him. Yeah. Tom says no, he just confiscated a stray manual. Okay. So that must have been his gateway in. Yes. Was that one manual. Which is which is in line with the rest of the season where everyone says once you end up with like the game book, you end up playing. Yeah. Hiram had business with the warden. What was it? Was he aware that the warden was playing G and G? Hiram unhelpfully says it's none of Betty's business, which is bold considering Betty makes everything her business. Yeah. So, like, either tell her now or tell her later. She's gonna find out. Mm -hmm. She's a girl investigator. He claims he didn't know that the warden was playing the game. And then Betty's like, cool, well, were you there? Like, was he there during Ascension Night? And FP's like, um, how would any of us know that? We were all high and, like, hallucinating some gargoyle king. And then it was, like, time for a hashtag phallus moment. Yeah. Because Alice is like, hang on, we're meant to be. He saw the same thing that night. Oh my gosh. Hang on. We need to share a meaningful look about I this. I know that the Gargoyle King only showed himself to people who were meant to be soulmates. It makes perfect sense. Oh my gosh. Oh my god. Duh. I just like, every time they share a meaningful glance, I'm just like, oh my god, please just get married. Please. But like, once we de-farm by like Alice, because <laughs> I'm really tired of farm Alice. Mm-hmm. Down to the flare-legged jeans she and Betty seem to be rocking Ew. this season. I am not about this. The hippie looks are just, I'm not for it. Anyway, Hiram says all of this is a waste of his time. And for like once, Hermione like stands up to him and says, um, we need to do this. But real quick, let me just like accuse Penelope because she was the game master and she could have grown cyanide in the greenhouse. The fact that they had Hiram and Hermione stop right in front of the Veronica I knew you were going to bring this up. And they had like Herbie right in the middle of that was genius framing. It's such a great reminder of what they're actually fighting for. I love it so much. Thanks. But psych, you don't grow cyanide, which like anyone who kills people should know. She, well, any she, responsible murderer knows that you can't grow cyanide. She's like, um, hello, only a blossom would know that. And it's like, everyone knows that. I mean, I feel like I even knew that you don't grow cyanide. Cyanide's not a plant. No. No. Anyway. Penelope says, so this is Penelope's story of like why she is innocent. Yeah. She says that Daryl came to her and said, I'm in love with you and I want us to ascend together. And he poisoned both chalices. And she was like, nah. So like, was, uh, we know that she was lying about a lot of this. Yes. But like, so, like, was he in love with her? I didn't get I, I didn't get that from no at all. But considering they wrote this after, the actors might not have played it that way. And then I, I found out afterwards, oh, maybe we should have played it that way. But I think it's fake. I feel like, I don't know. Like, I, if, the, if the writers were thinking about doing that, like, clearly while they were shooting, the writers had either had been writing or were finished writing this episode. Mm-hmm. Like, J.K. Rowling knew that Snape was in love with Lily from the very beginning. And she even, she told Alan Rickman at the very beginning so that Alan Rickman could do that. Like, I feel like if there's going to be something really important between two characters that's revealed later and you know that, then you got to tell the actors. So yeah, that but they this is Riverdale. I guess. You're looking for logic where logic doesn't exist, my friend. Anyway. Also, so Daryl came to her, like, years later after they both had families. And she refused him again. And then the next day, he was dead in a garage in a running car. Oh, She doesn't say that he committed suicide, though. No. Like, not once does she say he committed suicide. She just says he was dead in a garage. Yeah. Interesting. Betty doesn't believe that Daryl did it. And none of that explains that there's, like, a current king. Mm -hmm. And someone's still terrorizing them. So if Daryl did it, then he has an apprentice at the very least. Mm -hmm. Betty and Juggy also both saw the king and that FP is going to be mad because, sorry, Jughead's playing the game. I loved how Penelope was like, here is a thing that I'm going to say because we're all covering up what actually happened. And all the other adults are like, yes, totally. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. What? You didn't think that part made sense? No, it makes sense because this. It makes sense because all of us agree that it makes sense. Yeah. And I'm like, (laughs) 
okay. Okay. But the thing that's interesting in this scene is when FP finds out that Jughead is playing the game and Betty says Jughead's playing the game, all of a sudden, all the adults look really uncomfortable. Like, they all look at each other and they're like, ooh. And it's like, why is it Jughead that's the big deal? Because earlier in the scene, Betty had told them all that their kids were playing and everyone seemed, like, irked, but no one had quite the reaction of Jughead playing. Right. So that was interesting. FP bounces because he's angry and the rest follow. And Betty will never be satisfied. Never be satisfied. There you go. So, Fangs calls Jug and tells him that the Centerville serpents spotted Joaquin. Centerville serpents? Okay. There's new. There's more serpents? I have a thing, though. They're the are south they, side serpents. Are they also on the south side of Centerville? Like, like is it... Because their, their jackets say south side. Robin, what did you do to your shirt, bud? I spilled water on myself again. Oh, buddy. At least it wasn't milk this time. <laughs> yeah. Um, Fang says that Joaquin was at the last resort youth hostel, though. Yep. And that's where they went to go get Chick. Yep. Interesting. Yeah. Jughead is like, hey, Fangs, grab him and take him to Fox Forest. Near the footbridge. Mm. Why are they bringing up this footbridge so much? The footbridge mm. is getting suspicious. Yeah. Unfortunately, he can't, like, go do anything because FP shows up and handcuffs Jughead to the fridge. Op- and he's like, your phone's at the table now. You can't reach it. Open the fridge and you will have more wingspan. Also, fridge handles are not, like, that is an old fridge. Mm -hmm. And there's, he's surrounded by utensils. And he could easily unscrew the handle. He's a healthy teen. Like, I know that he doesn't want to destroy property because they don't have a lot of money. So, like, he can't destroy the fridge. But then later when Betty finds him, the fridge door is open. So he's destroying all the food in the fridge. So what's the truth, Jughead? But also... You can still open the fridge if it doesn't have a handle on it. Yeah. But no, in my mind, I was picturing Juggy just pulling the whole fridge over and being like, oh. okay, bye. Oh. But he didn't. Um, Effie, like, handcuffs him and says, you're addicted to the game. Mm-hmm. Is he wrong? I don't think so. He sure isn't. Juggy says he's not addicted. He just needs to ascend and find out who the king is so he can stop him. And I'm like, oh. Okay, sure, Jan. If you hadn't said ascend, your dad might have believed you, but you said ascend, so yeah. you're screwed. Yeah. FP is like, oh, well, no, and leaves Jughead stuck to a fridge. There's a picture of hot dog on the fridge. That's beautiful. Isn't that cute? And I want we want to point out, what Twitter account was it that tweeted that thing about Jughead? What thing about Jughead? The Archie Comics Twitter? Oh, yeah, it was the Archie Comics. Yeah, they were like, in another universe, that would be Jughead's dream. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, it would be. Yeah, it would be. So in the very next Bughead scene, Betty finds Jughead handcuffed to the fridge with the door open. Disrespectful. What if the milk goes bad? Mm-hmm. Betty thankfully has a bobby pin to bust him out. Um, That's never how handcuffs work. But every time, Betty's yeah. bobby pin heckin' works. I like that Betty says, it's my fault that your dad found out. And it doesn't even occur to Jughead to be mad at her. He's no. just like, she's like, it came out while I was inter- interrogating him. And He's he was like, immediately okay. like, yeah, how did that go? Yeah, it was an accident. That was yeah. Okay. Um, neither of them buy the Daryl story. They split up to investigate other stuff. And honestly, like, T, I don't understand the point of the scene. All they did was reiterate facts that we had already learned. Yeah. Like, the only thing that it served was to get Jughead off the fridge, which yeah. could have been done with a throwaway line, mm-hmm. where Jughead shows up handcuffed to a fridge handle. Yeah. We literally. Yeah. Like, they, there's no new information here. He calls Betty Marple. Ms. Marple. Ms. Marple. Yeah. Agatha Christie's Marple follows the adventures of Miss Jane Marple, an elderly spinster <laughs> living in a quiet little village of St. Mary Mead during her many visits to friends and relatives in other villages. And sometimes when simply being at home, Miss Marple often stumbles upon or hears about mysterious murders, which she helps solve. 
Although the police are sometimes reluctant to accept Miss Marple's help, her reputation and unparalleled powers of observation eventually win them over. So it makes sense for yeah. Betty, except for the um, elderly, elderly part. Yeah, part. yeah. It's 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 cute. I like. Yeah, it. it's cute. Maybe that was the point of the scene. Oh, yeah. Just for that one thing. So Robin's dream team, which is Sweet Pea, Fangs, and Jug. Yeah. You know what? And if Tony Joaquin. was there, it would be the core four. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they find Joaquin with a gargoyle mask on him. Masks are for losers, mm-hmm. and you get sweaty in them. And what if you have to wear glasses? Do you wear the Do you wear the glasses on the inside of the mask or on the outside of the mask? I have so many mask logistic questions. You look heartbroken. Is it because we are talking about Joaquin? I'm sad. Yes. We'll get there. We'll get there. <clears throat> Jughead wants to know why Joaquin shivved Archie instead of protecting him. Brittany. Yes. Sweet Pea and Fangs were really good friends with Joaquin before he ran away. Were they? They were. I think the show forgot that. I know they did, but canonically it's true because when Kevin first meets Fangs, Fangs says, yeah, I was friends with Joaquin. Like, they were, like, actually friends with him and then they had to, like, be there and, like, find his body. They were serpents. They were brothers. That's really sad. And But the show forgot to make that meaningful. Jughead didn't even know Joaquin. Like, Jughead's like, oh no, poor Joaquin. But, like, hello, Sweet Pea and Fangs were serpents way before Jughead was and yep. they were, like, good friends with Joaquin. I wish that someone had remembered them. <sighs> Anyway, um, Joaquin says he had no choice, and he did what he had to do to survive, just like the warden, because someone was sending the warden game cards that told him what to do, and someone wanted Archie dead. I mean, I feel like this all points too much to Hiram this I early in the Archie season. Dead too. Yeah. Jughead wants to know uh, what the brand on Archie meant, mm-hmm. and Joaquin isn't super into sharing. But Jughead is super into intimidation. I like that, like, Joaquin's like, no, I'm not going to tell you. And then they don't even, like, do anything to Joaquin. They just slowly push him up the tree. Yeah, he's like, and, Joaquin's, up, and he's like, like, okay, okay, okay. Joaquin's, like, being threatened with having to stand. And he's yeah. like, no! <laughs> no! I don't want to! No, please. So, um, the mark means sacrifice. Archie had to die. And Jughead tells him, hey, way to go, dumbass. He's alive. And Joaquin's like, well, he won't be for long. And it's like, well, you got too cocky about that one, didn't you, So he's still marked for death. Yeah. Um, Who gave Warden Norton the orders? Joaquin says he saw them meet once and Jughead knows him. He's the man in the black suit. So at this point, it's too obvious and it's not Hiram. It can't be Hiram. Because in the next scene... Here's the thing. Hiram basically is like, I don't care about your stupid game. I feel like it makes sense that Joaquin wouldn't know who Hiram is. But it also makes sense that Joaquin would know who Hiram is. So I feel like if it was Hiram... Joaquin would say, "Twas Hiram." Yeah, you know, he would say like, "It's your friend Veronica's dad." Yeah, yeah, yeah. But instead, he says, "The man in the black suit," which is how someone described Hiram. How Jug had described Hiram in the last episode, wasn't it? And you call him like the dragon, right? Yeah, but it had something with to do with black scales, black yeah. slime or something. Black slime. That's black right, because it made no friggin' sense. Where was the slime? Yeah, in his hair. So Jughead decides to monologue at Hiram, and he's like, "Here's all the things that I'm accusing you of." You're the gargoyle king. And also, the googlies are your soldiers, and the south side is your kingdom. If the googlies were his soldiers and he was the gargoyle king, then the groupies surrounding the gargoyle king, would there would be way more of them. Mm-hmm. There's only, like, what, like, ten or something? Yeah. The go- There's more ghoulies than that. Yeah. Idiotic. Jughead did not do his research. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Jughead says that he also thinks that Hiram killed Featherhead and he tried to kill Jughead and Archie. This is just, it's too many, it's, it's too just much. too many things. Like, once he starts listing and I'm like, you sound like an idiot. Yeah. And then Hiram was like, you sound like an idiot. <laughs> he says, bro, I don't cosplay because I'm an adult. So, like, nice try. Yeah. And I'm like, damn it. I'm on Hiram's side for once. Yeah. Some adults cosplay all the power to them, but not people like Hiram. Yeah, not, not sticks in the mud and evil mafia mob boss people actually you know what they could 
Yeah, go off. Yeah. You do you. Yeah. Anyway, um, he names all the evil dead parents in Riverdale. And then he says Judd should kind of turn his gaze to his perfect and flawless dad who has never done anything wrong ever in his life. So I don't know why you would accuse FP of anything. Okay, listen. Clifford Blossom. Fair. Fair. Yeah. Hal Cooper. Fair. Totally fair. Tom Keller. How dare you? First of all, how dare you? Second of all, but we do know that he has killed a person because he was the sheriff. He was a police officer though. So. But in the line of duty and because they were trying to kill Archie. Yeah. Yeah. FP has not technically killed anybody we know, but was definitely an accomplice to murder. Yeah, but he's never done anything wrong ever in his life. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. The only person who, only dad, who doesn't get mentioned is... Hiram and Fred. Fred Andrews, who... Hiram literally can't think of one bad thing that Fred has ever done. I can't think of a single bad thing that Fred has ever done. Nope. Except adultery. Yeah. I forgot about that. Which was Hal's big thing. Hal was like, what's the one thing I can get Fred for? Oops. Anyway, Hiram gets a call about Ronnie and he's like, she did what? What? And I'm like, this is a convenient phone call. Yeah. So Betty goes to Dr. Curdle Jr. to ask about Daryl Doily's death. Carbon monoxide wasn't what? I love that heckin' alliteration. Daryl Doily? Do you know how hard it is? Dead dad did it? Okay, here's all the the combinations of words that I had while typing this. Daryl Dilton? Mm. Dilton Daryl. Dilton Doily. Daryl Doily. And then just once Doily Doily. Spelled doily correct even once. <laughs> doily doily. Doily doily. I was like, that's just not his that's name. That's the name of the that's, dog. That's when I started like yelling at you and I was like, I don't want to do these notes anymore. Because it was like, I couldn't, something about that D alliteration. Doily doily. Doily doily. The old double D. That's. Ew. <laughs> I wish I hadn't said that, but I did. So anyway, he didn't commit suicide. He was dead when he was put in the car. Yeah. Um, And he was poisoned with oleander. Oleander is one of the most poisonous commonly grown garden plants. Indeed. And also, it was a movie that messed me up. White Oleander? I should not have seen that as young as I did. Okay. I've never even heard of dads. I think that's maybe for the best. Okay. Okay. Um, He thinks that the death was a murder disguised as a suicide. Yes. Everyone And like, I'm like, oh my god, perfect. Like, there's a whole file full of evidence. And he's like, well, the evidence is from his personal collection. So what that does that mean? So we can't use it then? or What does that mean? I don't know what that means. I've How do it. you have a personal collection on a murder? His dad was like, I just keep the creepy ones for fun. And also, if you have evidence of a cover-up of a murder... Why did he keep it quiet in the first place unless mm-hmm. Dr. Curdle was involved in it too? He got um, paid off as well, probably. That's because- he- Or he was with the Gargoyle King. This just in, Dr. Curdle is Daryl Doily. There you go. That's a horrible theory. <laughs> <laughs> just uh, thought I'd let you know. Anyway, so they can't use it because of plot reasons. So Betty has to find the officer who closed the case. Um, there's only ever been like one cop in Riverdale. So yeah. obviously it's Tom. Yeah. And Betty's like, hey, um, by the way, why did you cover up a murder? Who are you protecting? And I feel like Betty keeps asking who everyone's protecting. And the answer is always they're themselves. protecting their kids and their, their se- themselves. Yeah. Like, yeah. Betty, it's always going to be that answer. Ask a different question. Keller has a tattoo now and it's like pretty big. And I don't think he had I it. I told you he's a tattoo artist now. No, I know. But like, I don't think he had it when we saw him in 207 when he didn't have a shirt on. Like, I'm pretty sure he Aww. didn't have one. I love thinking of those times when he didn't have a shirt on. Okay. Hiram also has a tattoo that we've never seen before. And Sam mentioned that Machen or and Alice also has a tattoo. I haven't seen that one. I don't know which one she's talking about. But she said that Alice seems to also have a new tattoo that, that isn't the serpent tattoo. So either the makeup department's like, yeah, we're not covering up your tattoos anymore. Or tattoos will become important mm. later. Yeah. Hmm. Tom is protecting everyone, including Alice. Mm-hmm. And Betty's like, yeah, but people are still dying and, like, you're a cop and stuff. So do you want to help me He's out? He's not a cop, actually. Well, Betty. he used to be a cop. Yeah, but he doesn't really have any, like, he doesn't owe her, 
the town anything right now. Tom says only one member of the Midnight Club grows Oleander because he saw it while he was investigating the whole Jason thing, which seems about 500 years ago by now. <laughs> and then Tom gets a call and he says the phrase, son of a gun, which broke Robin when we were watching I it. I love that. Literally, you just laughed and repeated it about three times. Aw, son of a gun. Son of a gun. He's like, I'm not allowed to say the B word Honestly, on TV. Honestly, protect Tom. He's so pure. Yep. Jughead gets back to Tent City and meets Sweet Pea and Fangs. Oh, um, SPF, angels. as Robin likes to say. Yeah. Um, Sweet Pea says someone is sending them a message, and I'm like, Ooh, what can the message be? But it turns out to be a dead gay kid. I'm mad. I'm not happy. He's, listen, straight white male is about as, <laughs> as good as it can get for people. You uh-huh. know? Like, if I was a person, being a straight white male sounds great. Yeah, because you get all the stuff in life. Because you get everything, yeah. you know? And Joaquin was a male, but he wasn't straight and he wasn't white. Yeah. And so he was, like, representation to people and I'm sad. Yeah. I mean, there is obviously an argument to be made. And weirdly enough, Riverdale absolutely fits it. Whereas the death of a gay character doesn't always have to be extraordinary if you have enough diversity and enough, mm. like, members of the community in there. And Riverdale does read that meet that requirement because it has lots of LGBTQIA characters and people of color exactly and are in that scene too and they're both people of color yeah so on the one hand it's like yeah so you guys have a lot of like you know gay characters and that's you know okay and it's not so much bury your gays but he was a gay character killed for shock value yeah as opposed to anything else and he had no agency. I really, like, I get it because, you know, stitch, snitches get stitches, right? Like, sacrifice, ah, like, look at the stakes yeah. now. But, but like, I really feel like wise, mm. they could have gotten through it without having killed Joaquin. I I think that the show would benefit more from Joaquin being alive than agree. Joaquin being dead. Agree. Um, I really liked Joaquin as a character. I found him really interesting, especially after we, like, had him, like, betray everybody. And, like, he was our info dump on the stuff you know yeah. like it like, and so it's and now there's no redemption arc as well we he just I, he died an enemy of the serpents i loved joaquin in season one i was sad when he was gone in season two when we got him at the end of season two i was so happy to see him mm-hmm. and the fact that he was getting another arc in season three i was so excited because i loved him so much and yeah he just he dies an enemy and that's disappointing he doesn't get to, like, redeem himself or sort of de-brainwash himself, you know, anything like that. He just dies to forward the plot along. Much like Midge. Mm. You know? I thought that... By the way, Midge is still dead. Midge is still no dead. No one's really brought that up. Daryl's dead, but they do bring that up. The reunion that he had with Kevin, I thought we were going to get a better one. Not satisfactory. That one bad. Yeah. And I really wanted it to be good. You know, like, you gotta have the one where it's, like, music is playing. Where's Moose? Moose? Oh, who knows? Where the hell is Moose? ROTC. But, like, I wanted, like, music playing, big kiss, 360 shot, like, slow motion. That's what I wanted. That's really what I wanted. Yep. And I guess, um... Do they have to throw out that chair That's what fan fiction's for. Yeah. Oh, yeah, probably. Because a dead guy was in it. Cheryl's like, that was my favorite chair. Disappointing. Cheryl should buy them a new one. Do you... Why don't they live at Thistle House? She could easily house an entire gang in her mansion. Maybe she and Tony do live at Thistle House sometimes. Do you think they killed him in that chair or that they killed him and then no, him in the chair? No, I think they dumped him. Okay. Joaquin has the symbol for sacrifice, like, burned into his head. Not great, Bob. Betty meets with Penelope, who wants oh, wait, her- Wait, 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 What? What, what? are Sweet Pea and Fangs gonna do with Joaquin's body? I'm, I'm hoping they just call the police. Yeah. I'm really hoping that. I don't think they will. I think they'll probably bury him. I'm sad, Brittany. Yeah. 
Thank you to Rob Rako for all that he did on the po- on the uh, on the show. I thought he was fantastic. He I was. really loved his work. He was. And I don't think I'm I just like a part of me just wants him to still be alive. Me too. But I want to like see him on the streets of Vancouver. We saw another celebrity today. Well, I did. Saw another celebrity today on the streets of Vancouver and I was like, if I saw Rob Rako, I'd be like, thank you so much because we really loved you on Riverdale. Thank yep. you. Yep. Yep. I support you. Anyway, Betty and Penelope. Yeah, Betty meets with Penelope. And Penelope's like, hey, call me Auntie. I would never call my aunts by their last name. Auntie Penelope, not Auntie Blossom. I think Auntie Blossom sounds so funny. It's gross. Oh, I literally wrote, hmm, gross on this. Mm, gross. Hmm, gross. Detective, we found a pool of the killer's blood in that hallway. And he would just be like, hmm, gross. So Daryl died from oleander poisoning. Does Penelope have that in her greenhouse? And Penelope is like really offended not because she's being accused of murder, but because, like, she would never kill someone that, like, pathetically. You know? She would be better at murder than that. Penelope already poisoned Nana Rose. Like, yeah. She's not above Penelope to poison people. Yeah. And you know what? When she does it, it's untraceable. So, it's a weak way to kill someone, and Oleander leaves traces. She doesn't want to participate in this game anymore, and also, I don't know, maybe you talk to your mom, Betty, because she wrote the article about the suicide, and I'm like, how dare you implicate actual angel Alice in this? And then, like, ten minutes later, I was like, what? happened penelope is like i thought i was coming here for a nice lunch it's like the last time you were here it wasn't fun what makes you think yeah, it was gonna be fun this time that you wanted to come here stupid benny is like mom you covered up a murder and alice is not really into talking about that because like she did um she's also making popcorn on the stove which confused me at first until what? i realized it's a scream reference to yeah. the movie that skeet ulrich was in there's like a number of like scream references in this scene including actual skeet ulrich yeah. Not a, popcorn I, like that anymore. I love, but it's like one of those little Riverdale yeah, quirks. Yeah, one of those old time yep. things. Betty wants to know who Alice is protecting. Hey, dumbass, it's you. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the lights go out and someone starts like slowly knocking on the door. Ugh. Oh my goodness. And Alice asks who it is and they don't answer. And then she opens the door and no one is there. Dude, the shadow in the background is just of a regular person. Yes, it is. So that, that makes me think that, I think like, one of the gang members. The Gargoyle King's whole gang is here. Yeah. That's what makes me think that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They go, like, they close the door and they go inside. And Alice tells Betty to call 911. But then, surprise, the king is inside. And he brought light and strobe effects with him. I thought you were talking about like, No, that, that king will show up in a minute. Okay. The Gargoyle King is inside. Yeah. And, like, he, he always has to oh, be uh, lit. Um, pro- um, 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 Dairy Queen. Dairy Queen. Mm-hmm. He has to be lit properly. So, like, yeah. aesthetics are important. Of course. And then the front door opens and Betty and Alice slam it shut. And then they run upstairs and abandon their popcorn, which I guess is like, it's just a snack for the gargoyle king I now. I fully thought that was going to catch on fire. So I, I. absolutely thought there was going to be a fire. Or that it would go, Yeah. Which I would and not. And hit the gargoyle king in the face with defeating and, him. And that's how you defeat the gargoyle king. And they'll king. unmask him and he'll say, I would have gotten away with it too. And he's like, you know what? I saw this in the movie with Skeet Ulrich. What, is that Skeet Ulrich? Is that, is that Skeet Ulrich? I saw you in a different movie. Hmm. Anyway, they run upstairs and abandon the popcorn. And then they run in Betty's room to hide. And it's like, oh my goodness, we're safe. Except second surprise, because Daryl's headstone and skull are in Betty's bed. Okay, is that his actual gravestone and his actual remains? I'm gonna say yes. What are they gonna do with that? If they I'm gonna, don't call I'm police? gonna guess, like, I don't know, like a vacuum? That's not cool. You got, well, you gotta vacuum up the stuff on the bed. His actual remains? Well, what else are you gonna do with it? You're gonna call the police and the police are gonna come Well, the police will vacuum it up then. I don't think they would do that. I think they're gonna put it back in the ground. 
If I was Daryl Doyle's family, I'd well, be like, they would what the put heck? the skull in the ground. I don't know how to feel about you in this moment. I watched a lot of CSI, so I'm like, yeah, the crime scene unit will come and clean it up. Duh. I don't know if that was my family member. I'd be like, please preserve as much of him as possible. That's my family member. All right, fair enough. But like, also, if they're like, "Hello, police," they're like, "Yeah, police just got arrested. Um, we need to wait until we have a new police." <laughs> Hello, police. Sorry, there are no police. <laughs> yeah, there's not a police right now. Yeah. Um, why are their names graffitied on the headstone? Because they're gonna die. It's an omen. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, you noticed something interesting that I then clarified for you. Mm. There, you can see the date of birth and the date of death on the headstone, December twelfth and March something. Mm-hmm. But the years are scrabbled out. Scrabbled. They. Don't worry about it. Okay. And it is because you are never supposed to know what year Riverdale is in. Yeah. Things are, like, getting a little sticky. And I will admit, things are getting a little sticky. Things are getting pretty sticky. Someone starts climbing up through the window, and then third surprise, it's FP. I just feel like, like, if I was Alice, I'd be like, so is Jughead just, like, coming into your room all the time? Yeah. I'm okay. And so, also, why was FP's solution to the- Oh yeah, I, actually, he saw that they were in trouble. There's a ladder up to Betty's room, this place where they're trying to hide. There's a ladder up to the window, and the window is open. Mm-hmm. Doesn't seem it. like the greatest place to hide, yeah. personally. Well, I mean, <laughs> Alice didn't know that. I love the Gargoyle King and, like, their gang or whatever. First of all, clearly had gotten into the house beforehand, yeah. so didn't really even need to knock. Yep. Um, oh, they came in through the window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously. Yeah. But I love how they're just like, oh, they're definitely going to go into Betty's room. Like, they're not going to go into Alice's master bedroom. They're going to go into Betty's room to hide for sure. Yeah, because they haven't, they don't have an Alice master bedroom If set. they go into, like, Alice's master bedroom, it's going to be like, and here's the death of, and here's Featherheads, or whatever. Can you imagine? Maybe. But, okay, so here's what I think is interesting about the scene. Alice is, like, really freaked out, and so FP hugs her, mm-hmm. and then he and Betty share a look, and I'm like, is no one concerned with the fact that there's a creature downstairs and people surrounding your house? Yeah. No one see. How did they get them to leave? I don't know. Like, it's just not talked about. I- I'm hoping they talk about it next episode, but also Betty's not there. Alice won't be there. Like, and then I FP's, don't get it. FP's gone, so, like, I don't know. I don't freaking get it. Oh, and also, like, FP's like, hey, yeah, we'll hug Alice and not pay attention to the dead dude on the bed. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get it. Who cares? Like, if I had the option to pay attention to a dead dude or hug Mage and Amic, I would hug Mage and obviously. Mm. Yeah. Um, so here's my summation of the next garbage scene. It is um, one sentence long. Alice loses her mind and moves to the farm and has Betty taken to the sisters. That's all the work I'm doing on this scene because I hate it. Yeah. What the hell? Sister Woodhouse is back. We hate her. What? Who is this Alice? Why would they do this? They've already established that Alice made a mistake in sending Polly to the sisters. Alice was subjected to the sisters. Cheryl was subjected to the sisters. Penelope. Oh, sorry, yeah. Betty has consistently let the sisters get away with all of the abuse that they've been doing. This is the karma for her letting the sisters go on. If she didn't let the sisters go on, then she wouldn't have been in this mess. I'm just like, I'm so frustrated by the absolute, like, retconning of Alice's character in order to, like, get a shock out of, like, the audience. They're like, we're sending Betty to the sisters. And I'm like, in what world would Alice do this? Alice has come so far since being that person. Just garbage. So Betty is at the sisters and they're like, hey, you've caused some problems for us before, but not really because we're still operating and trying to convert gay kids or whatever. They say that they're going to make her well, which is cute and fun and fresh. And then Betty takes a paintbrush and joins an art class and oh, wow, everyone is painting the Gargoyle King. Oh boy. Neat. So she's not going to be well or safe or fun or fresh. Or good. She might be cute, though. She's always cute. Okay. Yeah. So that was that garbage 15 minutes. Now it's time for segments. My first segment is asexual joke. Hey, question mark, question mark, question mark. And the answer is yes, will be yes. I don't care. You're valid. And my segment is which MILF was the most badass? 
I would love to give it to uh, Alice, but I'm not gonna. So actually, I'm giving it to Sierra yeah. because she got Ronnie out of prison and she helped free Archie. Yeah. Uh, and also, um, honorary mention to Hermione for standing up to her husband. Mm. Uh, did the Snake parents acknowledge their obvious history? Well, kind of. Yeah, they hugged. There's, yeah, there was yeah, a bit of a hug. They and and they literally talked about history. Yeah, exactly. And the okay. shared history that Alice didn't know they even had. Yeah, there you go. All of that. Uh, now it's time for our best line award. My best line award goes to Betty for Dilton Doily's dead dad did it. Because oh. I love an uh, this show loves an alliteration, and so do I. That's six. Yeah. Nope. Dilton Doily's dead dad did five. Five. Counting is hard. I get it. I didn't go to school for math. I didn't go to school for math. What's your favorite line award, Brittany? Um, my best line award goes to Hiram for... I'm not a 16-year-old nerd. <laughs> Drag him. I'm not a 16-year-old nerd. Uh, now it's time for our trailer reaction, so we're gonna do that. Ready? Yes. Three, two, one, play. There's something about this place that just makes Ugh. me feel Okay, so at the farm. Everybody's running from By the Who farm. Is Who is this woman? Seriously. What? I'm joking. We, like, literally just... Winner takes all. You can't gamble your children. This isn't Riverdale. Are they setting up like Reggie and no, Ronnie? Very bad girl. Oh, I'd be about that. Listen, her. Ethel shouldn't be at the sisters. She's supposed to be at the farm. Yeah, how did Ethel? Oh, well, she might have been yeah, then they were sent like, by well, the Gargoyle King to the sisters. Oh, oh yeah, to like spread everything. Like she's the reason why. Yep. Okay, okay. So they're at the farm. Archie's doing farm things. Buy the farm. Buy it. Like purchase it. I don't get it. Purchase buy the farm, the farm is a phrase that means you're going to die. What? You buy the farm. So when you say a character is going to buy the farm, it means they're going to die. That makes no sense. How? Like, what's the etymology of that? North American informal originated as a U.S. military slang, probably with the meaning that the pilot or owner of a crash plane owes money to the farmer whose property or land is damaged in the crash. Okay. So, like, like you die. Okay. Sure, and, whatever then. Okay. Yeah. Who's this? I have no idea who this is. And like usually, like remember when I guessed who Evelyn Evernever was? That was dope. Yeah. But um I have no idea. Who yeah, but maybe is. Evelyn has a sister. Not in the like maybe. Maybe. But not in she's not in the list of Archie Comics characters if if that's true. It's um, just I'm so confused about I don't I have no interest in the farm storyline. No, I and I have no interest in this random girl who what is even in her hand? Is that a knife? What do you have? A knife! Buy the farm, bet the house. Okay. Oh my god, is she shaving him? Ew! I bet you that's what it is. Ew, that's gross. Yeah, it looks like a straight razor. Shaving what? His face! He's he's clean shaven. Well, he probably has some stubble. Okay. This seems like a cliche romance thing. And Jughead's like, are you kidding me? And I'm Jughead. I mean, that makes sense. I don't think he... It really seems to me that this isn't the farm, you know? Like, I, I feel like the farm is a name for, like, a resort. You know what I mean? Like, it's, like, it's like way fancier than an actual farm. Like, I feel like this is, like, a farm, but not the farm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. It could be, like, this could be a misdirect, and this isn't actually Alice's farm. And Jughead's like, what the heck? And Archie's like, what? And I'm like, well, he's probably thinking, what the heck? Because you literally just broke up with Veronica, and you were telling her how much you loved her on and the And now farm. you're seducing a farmer's daughter. And now you're talking to this random chick. Also, FP doesn't know where Jughead is. He literally showed up to Alice's house being like, hi, I'm looking for Jughead. Like, Jughead, like, booked it and, like, didn't talk to his dad about it, and I'm sad for FP. Thanks. Oh, yeah! Also, um, a casino, gambling, need gambling license. Mm hmm Elio, oh. maybe they're at Elio's casino. In which case, how do Oh, they yeah, maybe. Monica Posh. Okay, so it really looks like she- is she talking to Kevin or is she talking to Reggie? No, she's talking to Reggie. 
I don't know. It looks like the shape of Kevin's face. But then you see Reggie somewhere else. So Reggie is also there. Meet the king. So they're at the sisters. For some reason, Ethel is here and she's creepy. Is Betty having another seizure question mark? It looks like that or someone pushed her down. Okay, yeah. Or she was like, one of the sisters like knocked her out. Right. There's been, she's like trapped somewhere. She's watching somebody get pulled away. I don't think that's Ethel. Is this like solitary confinement? Oh yeah, I didn't even think about that. Okay, and they're all like praying, I guess. And Ethel is definitely in there. Yep. They're doing like a blot test and it looks like the Black Hood. Obviously Ooh, that's does. a trauma Oh, for I didn't her. even notice that. Obviously that's a trauma for her. She's afraid of something in the red and, and the Gargoyle King's lighting was all red, right? Yes. Yeah, so that- Well, red, be- purple, and blue. Okay, yeah. Betty has like a file now, just like Charles did yep. and everybody else. She's running through the basement, just like that's the way that she, that's the way, I guess she wasn't there for Cheryl being, she wasn't there for Cheryl being, no. uh, uh, um, that was, to- that was, um, Tony and Veronica. Yeah. So she doesn't know the way out. No. Yikes. Okay. Okay. Honestly, I'm excited. I'm excited about everything that isn't Archie's storyline. Agreed. Yeah. So cool. All right. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. Please, uh, if you feel so inclined, write us a review on iTunes. We like those. And uh, if you write one, we'll read them out uh, right here in this moment in the outro. And we also have a survey. It's super easy to fill out. It's in the description of this podcast. uh, Any of the podcasts, really. Um, But it basically is like some things that you like about the podcast, some things that you don't like about the podcast, something that we can work on. Um, yeah. If you're a fan of the chilling adventures of Sabrina, we like to talk about that show too on this Riverdale feed. Um, so we're already in the right place. Yeah. You're already in the right place. Just stay subscribed here and you'll end up with a Sabrina podcast if you want to. Yeah. We just, uh, the, uh, one for the season one trailer, uh, has been up for a while and we just recently recorded our thing for episode one. So you can look forward to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're a fan of The 100, we like to talk about that show too. We talked about it all of season four, all of season five. We will be talking about season six. And once the show ends, we will be talking about uh, seasons one, two, and three as well. Yeah. We will be at Unity Days in Vancouver, where we live, at the beginning of January. It's a convention that we go to every year. So hope to see you there. And if you're a fan of Lost, we like to talk about that show too. We covered season one and we're in the middle of season two right now. Yeah, it's great. Mm-hmm. I have a good time over there. And if you're a fan of Stranger Things, that pod is coming in 2019, but I have great news. We did a whole preview. I think it was like 20-ish minutes long, uh, talking about some of our favorite characters, some of our favorite episodes, some of our favorite storylines, just as a kind of preview slash... yeah, I guess preview of yeah, things preview, to come. Yeah, preview, yeah. Yeah, uh, we currently don't have an iTunes uh, for it because it is being reviewed for iTunes, but it is on our SoundCloud. So if yes. you go to any of our SoundClouds in the description, uh, the Stranger Things link will also be there. So if you want to check that out, you can. You can follow the Fictionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Redbubble, YouTube, but mostly Twitter and a little bit of Tumblr. A little bit of Tumblr. Little yes, Tumblr. please check out the Tumblr. Tumblr, I work hard on it. Uh, our Patreon is patreon.com slash theafficionados. If you like what we do here, please consider donating because <sighs> it's expensive. Mm-hmm. And like I said before, if you join today, you can get a postcard because we've got some extra and we can send them to you. Yeah. You can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. Join us next episode for episode 306, The Man in Black. So The Man in Black is almost certainly about Hiram. Yeah. Potentially, except we didn't we see think, him at all in the trailer. We think, but maybe not. So maybe not. 
Um, but if you just search Man in Black, there's like, um, you know that Wikipedia, that sort of Wikipedia, the Wikipedia thing where it's like, just gives you a whole list of things about like how this might, like a disambiguation, right? So there's a whole lot of things in here. Um, Johnny Cash was dressed in all black a lot. Um, there's, and then, and then his album, 1971, by Johnny Cash is called Man in Black, uh, including a song on the album, Man in Black. Of course, um, there's a British thriller film called Man in Black. My personal favorite, mm-hmm. <laughs> the uh, big big series villain on uh, Lost is called The Man, the in, Man Black. in Black. Um, there's a villain on Westworld called Man in Black. The Man in Black on The Princess Bride. Like, The Man in Black could mean a whole bunch of things. Not really a very original title for someone. No. Almost as bad as when everyone around like New York knew Reese and person of interest is the man in the suit. I was like, they're all in suits. It's New York. Yeah. Well, like, I don't know. You can usually tell the exact thing that they're referencing, but in this case, you just don't know. No. There's so many different yeah. things they could be referencing. So. Yep. Yeah. Uh, okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye.